Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. But for now, the title of this message is called um, I Am God's Steward. And I'm going, to do the, I'm going to need to do the really condensed version here now because of that great, great video. Um, but there's one thing. I want to give you this thought f- to start off with. You know, in, in, in John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus said something. He said that if you know these things or if you um, discover truth, You will only be blessed by that truth if you put that truth into action. So it doesn't matter how much you know, it matters what you do with what you know, and you will be blessed. Jesus said it, not, not me. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So I want you to think on that this week. God is giving us truths this morning as stewards, as people who manage things. Now, I know that some of you will think, well, I know what a steward is. He's the guy that either lets you in or kicks you out. So Bill is like a doorman. That's the steward, you know. Um, He's the guy that he he lets you in or he he huckles you out the the building. But there's, there's so much more to stewardship than just that. And I wanted to cover quickly, last week we talked about different types of ownership individual ownership, community ownership, and biblical ownership, and we found out that we don't own anything. We might think we do. Communities, you know, um, they might think they own things, but it's all his. It's all his, especially for the Christian. It's all his. All we are and all we have is his. The cattle on a thousand hills was was the thing. They're all his. They're all his, and we get to be the we get to be the like the the like the her, the herdsman. We manage all of that stuff that he's given us. We steward it, amen. And so, you know, there's God's ownership, and our stewardship is important. Um, so, being a steward literally means to manage or look after someone else's property. Okay. And I want to set the scene here. You'll know the story. Lucifer challenged God. Satan challenged God. He rebelled. He had an aspiration to be greater than God. And he was the usurper of everything that was God's. He, He was like, whatever God has created, I'm going to usurp that and I'm going to pervert it. I'm going to twist it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to take all that beautifulness that's in creation and I'm going to make it dirty and I'm going to make it, I'm going to paint it black. I'm going to make it a a source of, of these men and women are going to fall into their own traps because I'm going to pollute their hearts with stinking thoughts and thinking and envy and jealousy and greed and pride and all of this kind of stuff. And so in John 12, 31, the, the word says that he was the prince, he is the prince of this world or the ruler of this world. And that word ruler comes from the word archon. Archon. Have you ever heard of the term an archangel? So it comes from the, ter- the term archon. And it, it basically means it is someone that has influence over people in a particular area. Okay? And so 
Here is um, like the, arch the archangel Gabriel or Michael. Basically, that means they are first in rank, okay? They have their first in power. They're the head of something. And this is what it's describing Satan's position as on the earth today. He is at the head of something. So he is not, he is not powerless, but he has power allotted to him for a certain time until his time is up. So in the meantime, he thought, what am I going to do now with this influence that I've got? So he goes to the very first stewards that God put on the earth. Who were they? Adam and Eve, the very first stewards that God put on the earth. He goes to exercise influence over them. And those two stewards, or whichever one particularly, <laughs> they, they, um, they yielded to the influence of this, of this being, they, they, they were tempted and they birthed all of us into a world that is under the dominion of suffering and death and tragedy and calamity. And people say, oh, if your God is so, so loving, then why is all of this happening? People don't realize that there is a ruler of this world, an archon, a person, a, a being of influence. And so God was, we know the rest of it, God's going to rescue what was his because he wants us, he wants his stewards back again because he, and you know, one day we're going to, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. You know what? You know how sometimes during the week thoughts pop into your head? This week, what popped into my head was, Lord, I could not survive without cold water. I need, I need cold, refreshing water. And you know what it took to where it took my heart to? To a place of suffering where there is no water. There is no refreshment. And it's, it sobers you up. It sobers you up. I do not want to, I want to go to those green, I want to go to those lush green pastures and beautiful gardens and streets that are in heaven. That's where I want to be, where I'll be refreshed by heaven. And we can be refreshed by heaven's rain even now on this earth. I'm going to show you a scripture that actually tells you. So he wants his stewards back. Amen. And so... We are not our own. We were, in his, we were in the clutches of the devil, but we have been redeemed. We've been bought back at a price. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, in case we don't know. Do you not know that even your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. So even from a fit in the physical realm, God created you physically. Your body is not yours to do what you want to do with. Now, I've, I've put a lot of junk through my body. It's dishonoring to God. I'm dishonoring myself too. But it, it, the, the, this tells us you, you're not your own. We belong, we belong to him. Amen. And as stewards, we have to make that decision that at some time the penny has to drop. God, I recognize that you have rights over my life. You have a right over my life and over all my possessions. That's not my stuff. It's your stuff. 
And I think, you know, I've got a, a lovely friend. He stays in West Kilbride. I'm so blessed. I'm a blessed man because I love Harley Davidsons. I've always wanted a Harley Davidson. And about a year ago, he phoned me out of the blue and said, I've just bought a Harley Davidson and I've nowhere to keep it. I said, ah, oh. I said, I've got a, a, a lockup. Anyway, long story short, his Harley Davidson lives in my garage, <laughs> rent-free, lives in my garage, and um, this man has blessed my life so much, Kevin. And he says, do you know what? Because he had snapped his Achilles tendon, and I helped him get the bike on the road and MOT'd and everything last year. And he says, you know what? I'm going to have to put you on your insurance for that. So the, it all just came for its next MOT. Kevin sends me a message, and I'm like, you know what? It's, everything's cool, man. You keep the bike in the garage, and I don't need to. It's your bike. He says, I've permanently insured you to ride my bike. You can ride my bike whenever you like. So that is, it's not mine. It's not my Harley Davidson, but I get the joy of opening that throttle and letting the wind blow through my hair. And, and it's like, but you know what? See that bike? I treat that bike better than my own. He's, it's in my garage. I put petrol in it. I, put, I wash it. I polish it. I keep the battery charged. Whatever it takes. And this is because this has been given into my care. So I'm not just going to go, I'm just going to ride it into the ground. And then there you go, Kevin comes for his bike and it's lying there in the complete ruin. So, you know, so we have to recognize that God has rights over us in our possessions. It's, it's his stuff. And because it's his, I've got to take care of it. And we've got to dedicate it. It's like in, on the 4th of September, we're going to have a baby dedication here. And, 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 and the couple are going to dedicate their baby just the same way as, as, you know, as it has done biblically, just the same way as Jesus was dedicated. They're going to dedicate their child and set him apart for the kingdom. Okay? And that's what we, did. That's what we do. Because that child is, it is theirs. They conceived it and they bore it. But it's a soul. And a soul is precious, and souls, every soul belongs to God. Amen? Romans 8.32. What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with Jesus, so not only did we get Jesus, graciously give us all things? Uh, this is, you know, the good news is really good news. It's really good news. Amen? And if God comes to you and says, I need that back, or I need this to move from here to there, he has rights over that. Do you understand? If he says, if he says David, you've had this for too long, now it's time to dispose of it, and I cling on to that thing, for months and months, it, no, don't, don't, please don't. It's like ripping my heart out. I've got to understand that I've got to let him move that thing. I've got to give it up. I've got to give it up. Amen. And so 
he can come and lay claim to anything that we have at any time. And I want to read, if you haven't read the book of, if you haven't read the first chapter of Job, read the first chapter of Job. I'm just going to give you a few verses from verse 20. You, you know all the calamity that came upon Job. His family, his herds, everything. A house, a house collapsed and killed everyone. And in every situation, someone got back to Job saying, I survived. And Job says, oh, why is all this calamity befallen me? And he w- went into sackcloth and ashes. He shaved his head and he fell, on, he fell on the ground in worship and he said, naked I came from my mom's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in all of this calamity, the Bible says that Job never sinned. And he never blamed God. He never charged God with doing him wrong. He never blamed God. He worshiped God. And remember last two weeks ago, I said, when you're at your most pressed, be most thankful. When you're at your most pressed is the time to be most thankful. Amen. So we also touched a little bit on the biblical meaning of stewardship. Like, you know, a lot of people don't like talking about slavery these days, but slavery still exists. And it is a part of history. And I, I actually am rereading David Livingston's book, and he, he was instrumental in bringing the Portuguese slave trade to an end. So he was. But, you know, so you, oh, well, your Bible talks about people owning slaves, but you have to know it's in a biblical worldview context. We don't want people to be slaves. Okay, but back then, a slave was someone who managed the owner's property. But very often, these, these people had the full confidence of their master. And they were given those positions because they were trustworthy people. Amen? They were trustworthy. They were people that managed the property of the king. They were not slaves. They were subordinates in the kingdom. And they were also stewards, not slaves. But they were all there for the same purpose, to steward something that wasn't theirs. Okay? So... What is, what is our responsibility as stewards? Number one, we have to use what God has given us according to the way God wants us to use it. So it's according to his wishes and not according to ours. And also, we have to then go back to God and give an account for how, or what, how we've used it or what we've done, Okay. An owner is different. An owner can do whatever they like with their property, and he doesn't have to be accountable to anybody. So, do you know what? If it, you know, if it's like, you know, your phone. If if you're, you know, if if a child wrecks a phone, you know, it's and they bought it with their own money, their own hard-earned cash, or a teenager. You know, what what can you say except, well, that was a bit dumb, you know. But it's they own the phone. And they're going to do whatever they want to do with it. They, and they, they don't have to be accountable to anyone. So that's okay. But a steward must be accountable. All right? And so we need to understand Christian stewardship, get a good grasp of it. Because when we don't understand it, our hearts can go to envy and co- covet, coveting other people's things. 
and I want more of this or I want more of that. And when you understand biblical stewardship, it puts all that out the window. You'll never be jealous another day in your life. You, can, I, can I say that again? You'll never be jealous another day of your, of your life. You will not be envious of anyone else when you, re, when you recognize that God is the giver of every good and perfect give. All your talents, all your creative abilities, everything that you've got, down to the last nickel and dime, God has is, God is provided for you. Amen? And so we have to manage everything that he's given us. Amen? And every time God gives you something, he expects, he expects to be able to trust you with it. Amen? And so he, what he does is he says, well, let me, give, let me give Pauline this little thing here. And Pauline does, does well or poorly with the small thing. But when, he, when trust is established and faithfulness is established, Pauline is in line for the next level. And that is how God builds he says, can I trust you with the small things? And if I can trust you with the small things, then we go to the, the next level. If we always find, why is my life so small? Why, why is I'm not getting the big breakthroughs? Maybe we need to go and reflect and say, maybe I wasn't faithful with the little things. So let me go back and be faithful with the little things first, and then we'll go on to the big things. Amen? And you might say, well, I don't, I don't like hardly have any possessions or anything, so what am I supposed to manage then? Ah, there's an answer. You have a soul. And you might not have much, but you have a soul. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, it says there, what will you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? The most precious commodity on this earth is your soul. And so even if you don't have much, you have to steward your soul. Amen? So we've got to manage our bodies. We've got to manage our time. We've got to manage our abilities. We've got to manage the gospel. We've got, and the list goes on. We have got to manage and steward over these things. We've got to steward over people that, that God has given for our life too, or under our care as well. And so we've got to guide, guard, and govern. That's what Adam and Eve were put there for. Garden of Eden, you're going to name all the animals. You're going to do all of this. You're going to guard the place. You're in total control. You're in charge, okay? I've given you all this stuff for you to richly enjoy, you know? I mean, it's just incredible. And so their behavior was important, and that failed. That let them down. Their stewardship failed. They had to give an account. They tried to hide. They tried to hide it, that God knew that something was wrong. And what happened was tragic, because they were asked to leave. I'm putting you out. And then they put a big old angel there, you're not getting, that's it, you're, you're, you're out. And isn't it amazing that, and I think we can connect with people, because even those old biblical characters had an awareness that you cannot just do whatever you want with your life, okay? You cannot just live your life any way you please. Because even if you go back there, these people came and had to present themselves before the Lord 
from time to time. And whenever you go into the presence of a king, don't make the mistake of going in empty-handed. When you go into the presence of a king, you go in, you, 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 you go there to honor the king. And so they knew, they, they knew that they had, they, they, they had this sense, even if it was vague, that they had to be accountable, that they were, they had been given all of this. And so you just can't do what you do, what you want to do with another life. Cain discovered that when he took his brother's life. You just, can't, you just cannot go and take someone's life. And so everybody, even until 2022, we've been, there's a requirement for us to steward what God has given us. And that is the important thing. Now, um, this message goes over three more areas of stewardship. I'm going to hold them back. So this was setting the scene this morning. Um, let me just finish with this scripture, and next week we're going to look at God's managers, God's workmen, and God's servants. These are three very important areas. We're going to look at the greatest example of a steward that ever lived. Who was that? Jesus Christ, the greatest. If we want to know how to steward what God has given us, we just need to read about Jesus's life. Not my will, Lord, but you, not my will, Father, but your will be done. And so, but let, let me just close the service with Deuteronomy chapter 11 from verse 8. And it says there, therefore, you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you've come. We've all come from, we've all come out of slavery, out of bondage. Actually, we should have sung No Longer Slaves this morning. But we, we, we have all come out of that and into this. It's not this, the place that I'm taking you, God says, it's not like where you were. It's, this is not Egypt anymore. Oh, but I was happy in Egypt. Everything was, the Egyptians were not that bad after all. Oh, but they made you toil and sweat and you were subservient to them. And the, the main thing was you couldn't just worship the Lord your God whenever you wanted or however you wanted. Oh, but it wasn't that bad. He says, I don't want you, I'm taking you out of Egypt. I've got a better place for you. The land which you go to possess is not like that land because when you were in Egypt, you sowed your seed and watered it by food, by foot, <laughs> as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys. Listen to this, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares the eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Amen. Selah. Selah. Amen. So he's saying that I've taken you into a much better place and it's, I'm going to sustain it. So when we say, I recognize I'm a steward, Lord, I accept that now. I'm going to begin to let go of all of the, you know, the clenched, the white knuckle ride that life has been. 
Hold, can ever, get everything you can and can everything that you get. I'm going, to let, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to recognize that I'm a steward and God all of a sudden says, okay, now rain from heaven. Now rain from heaven's going to come and water that land. And not only that, but my eyes are going to be in the places that you're going to now and they will never leave you. My eyes are always going to follow you. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year, from the 1st of January to the 31st of December, I'm not going to lift my eyes off of you because you've decided to walk out of Egypt and into the place I have for you. Because you know why? Because you have made a decision that you're going to let go of the stuff in Egypt, even though it might have been nice, and I'm going to walk into Canaan. I'm going to walk to a, a promised place. And so that makes me happy. That makes that makes that should make us all happy. So praise God. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.